There is nothing wrong with your internet. Do not attempt to adjust your settings. We are controlling the podcast. We control the squealing and the screams. We can make your heart flutter, your eyes blur from tears, or sharpen your mind to crystal clarity. For the next hour, sit back. We are in control of what you hear. We repeat, there is nothing wrong with your settings. You are about to experience the awe and mystery known as the female mind. You are now entering the Fangirl Zone. And welcome to Sci-Fi Talk on the Fangirl Zone, a podcast where we discuss shows on the Sci-Fi Channel. I'm Sean Fangirl S. And I'm Steve, and tonight we'll be discussing episode three of season four of Channel Zero, The Dream Door. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, I know I said it the last two that this is weird, but it just keeps getting weirder, and I don't know if it's going to get better before it gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's not looking positive, but of course it didn't look positive for um last seasons yeah that's true but holy crap yeah all right now as you guys all know this is based on a creepypasta a story and i highly suggest you go read it everything i've seen on twitter is talking about how the short story was amazing and obviously that's why they picked this one right but i don't know if i can read that one because this is so weird i'm like I don't know if I can get into the head of this author and actually read this story. But if anybody has actually read this one, and I'm sorry, I'm blanking on the name of the actual short story, shoot us an email and let us know what you thought of the actual story itself and how they're doing in putting this actually on the screen. Right. I'd love to know. And if anybody actually knows the author, yeah, I'd love to hear from the author too. Absolutely. But you got some ratings news for us. Yes. Episode one. Friday night brought in a 0.10 in adults 18 to 49 with 0.322 million viewers, making it the 92nd rated cable show for the day, which for being on at 11 o'clock Eastern 10 Central isn't too shabby. And the first episode actually premiered on their website like a week before. Right. So I'm sure the numbers are even higher than that. It's just the way it is. Oh my gosh. It was good. So, all right, before I get all like, holy crap, what about, let's jump into episode three, Love Hurts, which by the way, the titles, the season are all songs. Yeah. Just in case you were unsure. So episode three, Love Hurts, a terrified Jillian and Tom reveal their secrets and try to overcome the devastating consequences. Yeah. Might not happen. Yeah, yeah, devastating. Okay, good way to call an attack on Tom, devastating. Yeah. Because what do we open up to? Right where we left last episode, Tom in that little pool, still being attacked by Pretzel Jack. And oh my gosh, it was just so creepy because of the way he was moving. Yeah. But he gets out and he runs and he manages to be in the hallway where the therapist is sitting there stabbed. Who never called the cops. That was a dumb move. Right. But Pretzel Jack managed to retrieve the knife and he's on top of Tom then at this point. Right. Now, granted, Tom is just out of a pool. He's slipping all over these wood floors. See, that's why carpet would have been better. But And panicked. And so Pretzel Jack is totally getting the upper hand here. And he has the knife and is almost to his chest. Like he cuts his chest. And I was holding my breath. I don't know oh, about absolutely. you. Absolutely. 
that you just see the knife just slowly getting further and further in and you go, man, how close is that to his heart? Because he's about to get punctured. I didn't think he was going to make it. I really thought, oh my God, they're killing off the, like the lead in the third episode. Holy crap. But just as it's about to happen and we think it's that knife is going to go all the way through, the therapist kind of comes out of it enough to shoot Pretzel Jack in the face, which actually causes him to fly off of Tom. But is he dead? Probably not, because it's not blood. Weird goo. (laughs) There ain't no killing this thing. And then, of course, she dies. It's like, well, thanks for that last bit of heroism. Right. That was needed. (laughs) And then Tom scrambles up, grabs her car keys, because his stuff's all in a locker. Right. Manages to get out of the house. And it's so funny because there's that joke going around. I don't know if you've seen it online that millennials don't know how to drive stick shift. (laughs) Well, this car happens to be a stick shift and he could not get it to go into gear. No, he was having more trouble than you could imagine. And the impossible time to completely just not be able to get a car in gear. Right. So he does manage, and oh man, I don't know about you, but it kind of hurt when I heard those gears grinding. I'm like, oh "Oh, God. (laughs) Now, I'm not good at stick, but. I can at least get it reversed in first gear if I have to. I might be going slow, but I'm at least moving. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, he's panicked. I get that. Right. So he backs out and then gets hit immediately by a minivan. Right. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, is there kids in that car? What's happening? And you hear the yell. And Pretzel Jack had come outside, watches this happens, and then just kind of turns around and goes back into the, the tree line. Like, okay, I'm just going to leave. So Yeah, he couldn't take a chance of being seen, I guess, by the other person and thinking that the police, I don't know if it knows that the police are on their way or what. So That's what I was wondering, because even though last episode, Ian had said it was a laughing shadow and it doesn't really have a concept of anything, it knows enough not to be seen by a whole bunch of people. Or at least tries not to. Right. Or at least so far. (laughs) <laughs> right. So we hear the lady call 911. There's an accident. He ends up being taken to the hospital. Great. So before we get to the hospital, though, we're at the house and Jillian goes in and Jillian notices a noise or it, Jillian's inside. I'm sorry. And then she notices a noise, comes to the stairwell and sees the doors open and is staring at the door. And I'm like, OK, wait, did Pretzel Jack get there that fast? Right. And weird because Ian ends up walking in the door, bringing in the dog. And he's like, oh, I noticed your dog outside and your door open. What do you mean you noticed the door open? Right. This is where I'm like, I don't understand it. Because we do end up seeing Pretzel Jack a little bit later. And he did not go to the house. So I don't understand how the door got open. Unless it was Ian kind of screwing around. Absolutely. That's what I was thinking. Because that poor little pug sure ain't going to open the door. Right. Yeah, it's not exactly jumping up there and opening that handle. Right. Yeah. Big jump, gets his mouth all the way around the handle, and then completely turns Turns it. Yeah. (laughs) I don't think so. Not going to happen. But Jillian had gotten a call from the hospital. She's packing a bag. She doesn't know what's happening. Except he was naked. Yeah. So she's not real happy. Right. Yeah. panicked, uh, but then again, she's like, you got to tell me more than this. Which, I mean, I totally get that. Right. But then she just, you know, happens to share this with Ian, which just seems weird, too. I'm just going to share everything with you. 
guy who I've talked to for about a day and a half. Right. Okay. Well, she asks him to give her a ride. I don't know if that was good either. Right. But they're on their way, and then they're just going to talk about the incident and what could have happened. It's like, maybe you don't tell him everything. You don't know anything about this guy. Right. And they don't. They actually say, you need to go home now. Hmm. Just weird. Right. And what was really weird was as he's walking away, he turns to look back. And then it sure seemed to me like he kind of jacked his shoulder like a contortionist would do. And I was going, oh, oh I didn't no, notice no, that. No, no, no. <laughs> huh. Interesting. I caught that. Oh, I just went, you have just got to be kidding me. Maybe they're just throwing that in to like kind of so. mess with us. I think so. But it was done oh very well. Because <laughs> you even hear it pop just kind of like Jack pops. So. Oh, geez. <laughs> and before they can really get into the discussion, Jillian does ask about the floating meditation and what was the reason he was going there. And then the police walk in. Yeah, These cops sure. are kind of jerks. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yes, they are. Absolutely. Both of them. Same man and woman that was at their house. Yeah, I don't know. These two just act like, I don't know, they're, that Tom and Jillian are hiding something. But it does progress where they ask Tom, do you think she could have hired somebody to kill you? Right. It's like, what? No. <laughs> yeah. I don't believe that. Although now I'm going, hmm, maybe. You know, I don't think even if he did believe it, he would have told those cops, yeah. No, no. Though, of course, he was, uh, did tell him that the mask sure looks like a character Jill drew. And the guy must have gotten in their basement and saw the drawing. Right. Because if he was living down there, yeah, why not? Like, suddenly be this guy. Right. And Jillian's just like, no, no, I don't believe that. What would you rather believe, Jillian, that you made something up and it came to life? Or this weird thing looks like something you drew and is attacking people that you're mad at? Right. I would rather go the route of any kind of reality possible. I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Right. And that's what Tom's doing. He he does not think that that's something that Jillian was able to create. It's some cuckoo with a mask. Right. And while this is happening, we kind of cut the pretzel Jack who's looking in a home. And I'm like, oh, God, is he going to just go in and kill these people? Right. But he crawls under their like outside patio. Right. And in a, the weirdest way possible. Yes. Very contortionist to get in there and kind of hide and heal up some, I guess. I guess. And then we go back to, and the cops are like, oh, yeah. So who is this Vanessa Moss person? Because she's not really a therapist. She's some like new age doula. Isn't that somebody who delivers babies? Right. It's like, dude, you just seen the video. Yeah. You showed them the video. So you see that Tom is the one under attack. So why are you going this route? And then all of a sudden they're like, and who's Sarah Winters? It's the only contact that you guys both had. What the hell? Yeah. Are you trying to solve a crime or are you trying to break up this marriage? I mean, right. seriously. <laughs> yeah, but finding out she delivers babies, maybe she delivered Sarah's baby. And that's how they know the Vanessa. Well, I mean, obviously that's where they're leading us. But God, these cops. Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then Jillian is just like, yeah, no big deal. I don't know who that character is. I, I'm not sure. Yeah. Wow. Okay, Jillian, maybe like talk a little bit more. Right. But they end up getting to go home. Yay. 
Right. I'm wondering when Tom's going to get his stuff back from the other house, since that's a crime scene. <laughs> yeah. Tom wants to go to a hotel, and Julian's like, no, I need to show you something first. Why? Yeah. And Tom, of course, goes to, I need to have this logical, I need to know what's happening. Why is the person dressed like your character? Right. And she decides to tell him, oh, I, I think he's Pretzel Jack come, become real. Right. What? What do you mean? And she gets the drawing out and she explains that he was her protector. And any time anything painful happened, he was there. And he's just looking at her like, you've lost your damn mind. Yeah. <laughs> Until and, they walk downstairs. Yeah. And she explains about the little door in her bedroom. Right. And then she decides to show him the husk. What? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'd be looking at that thing too going, what the hell is that? Yeah. And Jill's like, that's who killed Jason. And I think that he's the one killing everybody. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think it's some crazy person. I don't know what this thing is that you have in front of me, but that's weird. Yeah. I mean, I get it. What What do you expect him to say? Right. And of and course, then, he uh, asks, why did he go after me? Yeah, that was kind of weird. <laughs> Jillian says, well, I told you my secret. Now it's your turn. And then Jillian gets mad because he doesn't just automatically start to say something. And the light's flash again and oh let's go to pretzel jack who's waking up it wasn't even the lights it was his flashlight that's true that's true he kind of looked at it like what the hell's going on here yeah let's go to pretzel jack waking up with the weird bubbly face yeah and as this is happening you just hear jillian why didn't you tell me about the kid and pretzel jack's crawling out from under the other house and pulling the goop off his face and jillian's like why didn't you tell me about sarah i answered the call there was a baby and, you know, you have this back and forth with Pretzel Jack standing up and this little girl seeing him. So we know other people can see him. Right. Obviously, from the video. Yeah. Not just people who's, who are being targeted. Right. But, you know, you got this back and forth happening where Jillian's getting mad. Pretzel Jack's reacting. Tom's saying, okay, yeah, I hooked up with her. But then when we got together for real, I broke it off. And I didn't know till later that. You know, she was pregnant. She's married. The father thinks it's his kid. I just wanted to see the kid. And Jillian, of course, is mad and is like, well, how old's the kid? And this back and forth. And it's making me wonder, how long were they together before they got married? Not very long. I mean, they knew each other from being kids. Right. So I'm like, okay, the kid's eight months old. She was pregnant nine months. Right. Like, so you guys got together and married in less than a year-ish, just over a year. And of course, Jillian's like, well, why didn't you tell me? Well, you're dad. That's why. I'm not your father, but we weren't together at the time. Ah, I don't think that was going to help. That wasn't going to help the story at all. No. And then, of course, goes, well, I think we should, we can fix this. But Jillian doesn't agree. Tom wants to go somewhere where they can. And Jillian asks him where. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's go to your therapist. And as they're leaving, you see Pretzel Jack walking in the... Down the like the road of their neighborhood. Yeah. That's not a good thing. No. Because <laughs> then he continues to follow. So that was a little frightening. And it's like, okay, is he going to catch up to him? Is this like every horror movie ever where the villain walks slow but still catches everybody? Right. It's got like a homing device. So he can find them no matter what. Yeah. what it's- <laughs> he sure does. Now, of course, that the psychiatrist 
Abel tells him that he usually doesn't take patients that have fired him, but he's going to refer them to a trauma specialist as well as a very good family therapy guy. I think it's going to be a little bit more than that, dude. Yeah. Just just saying. Especially when he starts going on about how imaginary friends really do feel real. I'm going to have to stop you right there, guy. We both seen it. We know it's real. Yeah. It's killed people. Yeah. But, of course, Jillian's just getting mad. Right. And lights flicker. But Abel is trying to go on with, what's love? Real love. Oh, my God. Yeah. I'm sitting there rolling my eyes watching this because he's like, you know, it's giving somebody your underbelly. I'm like, stop. Please yeah. stop. <laughs> it's like, listen, let's go back to Pretzel Jack. And, of course, Tom's like, oh, maybe we don't go back to him. Let's talk about something else. Right. But they're talking about whether he's real or not. Tom, I get it. You don't want to believe this, but something attacked you that looked like him. So maybe you need to talk about the psycho. Just call him a psycho. Right. Absolutely. And Jillian's like, listen. And of course, there goes all the flashing lights again. Yep. And it's like, all right, we need to talk about this. We need to quit playing around. And then you hear a noise in the halt. And everybody looks scared except Abel. Right. Dude, you need to look a lot more scared. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know what's coming. Right. And Jillian's like, no, don't open the door. It's him. And Tom's like, you shouldn't go by the door. When both of them are freaked out, yeah, maybe you should pay a little bit more attention. Right. Even if it's a crazy, just psycho, you right. shouldn't be opening the door. No. <laughs> and of course, Abel's like, if it's not him, then we can move on, right? It's a maintenance guy. Okay, great. Hey, buddy, maybe keep it down. And I'm thinking, what time is it that they're supposed to be there that there's nobody else in this building? Right. And it's during the day, so. Right. I was getting irritated with that. All yeah. these little things. It's like, come on, don't set this up to be the perfect murder at this point. Right. So, of course, Julie and Tom go out there. They're like, okay, it's not him. But then there's this weird sound. Back in and the they office. look inside and the window opens. And I'm like, what floor is this guy supposed to be on? Yeah, the ground floor, apparently. See, I was thinking he was supposed to be up on like the second floor. And I'm like, this is really something that you should all be like, holy crap. Right. How is he doing that? We're not on the ground floor. That's what I was thinking. So all of a sudden, again, in the weirdest way possible, Pretzel Jack comes in through the window. And what happens? Everyone's freaked out except Abel. And Abel's like, you, sir, need to leave the way you came. Dude, <laughs> seriously? <laughs> I'm looking at this going, you know what? No, you need to die. Yeah, uh, You're going to be stupid. You got to go. Yep. You I wasn't even go. at that point. I was just like, go ahead, Pretzel Jack, take him. Sure. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah. Tom and Jillian get out of the doorway immediately and look through the glass window. And Jack just takes Abel by the throat and goes to town on him. Right. I'm sorry. But yeah, at that point, no, you, you didn't even deserve to live. No, you didn't even try. And so they course, run out the front door, yeah. and I don't know if this is good or bad, because Ian's there, and he's like, get in. What? Why are you getting in with him? Why are you there? Right, exactly. This is where I'm, like, questioning things yeah. again. Yeah. I'm like, okay, it's there he... when Jillian has an episode. Yeah, I'm like, is he, like, stalking her? Is this something that we're not seeing the big picture yet? Right. 
And then when they get home, Tom calls the cops and Ian's like, uh, you know what? Jillian made him real because she's special. I know because I have this condition too. Say what? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. What are you was... talking about, Willis? Right. So he asks them over to his house. I don't know what Pretzel Jack can't come in his house, but he gives them all something to drink, which just seems weird. It's like, here, drink this. Uh, what? What? Yeah. At this point, I think I need a drink. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Not something healthy. Right. Right. Yeah, because he gave him like kombucha or whatever the hell that stuff is called. And Ian's like, listen, we don't have a lot of time, especially you, Tom. What? Excuse me? I love how you're like, yeah, you're probably going to die soon. Uh, okay. Yeah. And he tells Jillian, you need to calm down because it's like a bat signal for him when you're all stressed out. Right. Okay. Well, and then I mean, that let's... makes sense because we've seen every time she's gotten upset, the lights flicker. Well, that's pretty much a bat signal. <laughs> yeah. And let's make it weirder because, you know, you're just like me. I can feel you. You can feel me. Dude. You're not making this any easier to understand. In fact, you're making it creepy. Right. Absolutely. Well, he he explains, oh, like Pretzel Jack's your defense system. He's your emotional defense system. And were you mad at Tom last night? Yes. That's why he went after him. Yep. Okay. And of course, you know, Ian's like, I don't know why they come to life, but they do. And it's comforting for us. And of course, nobody understands what exactly is happening. And Ian's like, all right, listen, I will show you. Right. Again, say what? <laughs> because, you know, he had just explained that I was at a museum when I was little and I'd seen a tumor in a jar. And well, that's what I figured we had. It's like a tumor, only on the outside. And it can kill. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, not explaining things in a really good way there, Ian. No. But Ian's like, here, I'll show you. Hey, what do you want me to make? Because I, I can control this. And of course, Tom's just pissed off. He's like a werewolf. Yeah. Dude. Okay, do you really want a werewolf running around? No, that's not a good idea. <laughs> I mean, I know you're just pissed off because you don't know what's happening. But is that what you want? Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. So Ian lays on the bed and he does this like weird seizure-esque kind of thing. Convulsions. Lights flicker. And a small door appears. And it's a really small, like, pet door. He opens it up, and a cat comes out. Because Ian loves cats. And so, you know, making a cat was easy enough. Even though it takes something out of you. Right. And Ian's like, oh, yeah, it's a Lacoy. It's a werewolf cat. So there you go. You get a werewolf and a cat all in one. Yeah. Google it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Does it make me feel better? No. Because now we've seen this happen. And can you undo this? Uh, yeah, but... Not really easy. You can uncreate it, but it takes a lot. Yeah. So you have to be close for Pretzel Jack to feel something, like 100 miles or so, a few hundred. Right. And of course, you know, she's thinking, well, fine, I can just go to Japan or something. And right. he'll just end up stalling and becoming a husk like the other one did. Yeah, the original. just Which makes away. me wonder how far she had moved before. Right. Because we never really get that. No. But I'm assuming it had to be more than a few hundred miles away. That explains the husk. Yeah, but that will help with this pretzel jack. But that doesn't mean it'll help with all of them, because you can create another one. Yeah. But had she never opened the door, then he would have never come out, right? Because she had to be the one who opened it. Right. Interesting thought there. Yep. 
And then, well, Ian's like, hey, how about we draw him out and trap him? And that way you can learn to control him. And, well, what's the brilliant idea? Using Tom as bait. Yeah. That's great. That is just freaking amazing. Yeah. So they're back in the room where they originally finally got into. And, of course, Tom is very concerned about being the bait. But Ian tells Uh, him. As you should be. Yeah. Relax. I've done this before. What do you mean you've done this before? That's what I would have asked. Right. Yeah. How could you have done this before? Hmm. And then the two of them go to town on each other. Jillian. Oh, just going back and forth. Yeah. Oh, God. That's horrible. Longer to get married. And, and Tom turns around and tells the truth about Sarah Winters. And we see Pretzel Jack on the move. Yeah, that's great. Not going to freak us out or anything. Thanks. No. And the more he talks about the child and him wanting to be the man that gets to raise him, but he's not going to be able to, and he's afraid that she doesn't want children, Pretzel Jack is basically a runaway train. Right. It's getting closer and closer and worse for our people. Yeah. And of course, Ian's there just encouraging them to keep going. Yeah. Thank you, Ian. This is not good, okay? Dude, really? Yeah. Like, no, 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 this is great. I feel like he just wants a wedge in between them because he's some creepy creep. I don't know how creepy creepers said. Yeah, absolutely. He'd rather have Jillian for himself. He's got somebody like him. So, yeah, he that would be a great match for him. He's probably never hadn't had a girlfriend. Hmm. I wonder why. Yeah. And then, of course, Tom tells her she's fucked up, but he loves her and then walks out. And before he gets to the top of the stairs, Pretzel Jack shows up. But twice the phone rang when they were down there. Right. Kind of taking Jillian out of it, which I was happy. Yeah. Because as Tom walks away to the steps, which I'm thinking, you're an idiot. Yeah. (laughs) You're going to run right into him. Right. She answers the phone and it's her dad. Right. Who she doesn't want to talk to. And it's staticky. And he's like, I need to talk to you. And right then, Pretzel Jack charges. And I'm like, oh, man, Tom's done. Yeah. <laughs> but Tom basically he covers go- his head and kisses his ass goodbye. Yeah. But he yeah, runs right past them. He runs right past him. <laughs> and I was like, what just happened? Right. Because it was so weird as he runs past. And... Jillian and Pretzel Jack end up kind of staring at each other and walking around each other and hug. And I'm like, the fuck is happening? Right. It's right back to when she was a child. Yeah. I wasn't cool about this because I'm like, "Uh, (laughs) is the only way to trap it to trap her down with it? That's what I was thinking was happening. But it turns out they're going to have a little, I don't know, back and forth, I guess. So they can like, Figure out how to get together. And Ian's just sitting there smiling like, oh, that's so sweet. And I'm like, you are really screwed up. Yes. And then, of course, there's a knock on the door. The worst time ever. Right. And she's calling Tom's name. And you go, oh, no. Sarah, I guess you wanted to die. Yeah. Because they need to talk. Right. crap. And that's how it ends. Can you say bad timing? Because I think that was the worst timing ever. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, this is not going to end well, and you're liable to get 
yet another person involved in it. Right. And yeah, I I don't understand. I'm not understanding Ian at all. No. As far as I'm concerned, he's in it for his own gain. Yeah. If he can break the two up even better, and if he can get Pretzel Jack to eliminate Tom even better. That's what it seems. Yeah. I think that's definitely where this is heading. Now, I huh. don't think Jillian has any feelings for him, but it's somebody that listens to her. So, of course, she probably hasn't had a lot of that either in her life. So, you know, who knows? Just the worst idea ever with these two together because Jillian is so emotional and Ian just seems manip- manipulative. Right. Absolutely. Well, what do you guys think? Shoot us an email at scifitalkatfangirlzone.com. Let us know your thoughts on this episode and the series if you're already finished. Or the story, like I said, everything. I don't know. I have so many questions and we're only halfway through. So I don't know if they're going to be answered at all. Yeah. I guess we'll kind of wait and see. But while you're at it, if you can rate and review us on iTunes and every other platform you find us on, because good ratings and reviews help other fans of the show find us, tell your friends about this season. Because I am telling everybody, you have got to watch it. This is so fucked up. Yeah. And those are the exact words I use. And that's what usually hooks them. Yeah. And, uh, you know, don't forget to check out our website, www.fangirlzone.com. Show you our contacts page so you can shoot us messages on there to any of our platforms. And just check out all the latest stuff that we're putting up. So for this really messed up episode of Sci-Fi Talk, I am Sean Fangirlass. And I'm Steve. What? We're already talking about impossible things. Why don't you make a small light werewolf? And until next time.